0: Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bennett. You're listening to the daily Halakha, Machshava, and Kabbalah podcast series. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Erev Shabbos episode, so we're going to be talking about Hilchos Shabbos. And as always, this series is dedicated to learning Shulchan Aruch. All of the halachos that are in the Shulchan Aruch, specifically focusing now on Orachayim, but eventually, God willing, we should get to the other areas of Shulchan Aruch. And we are digging into every Halakha and trying to show how you can connect the things that you are learning on the halachic level and on the inside of the actual... Sefer itself, how to think through the different layers and can interconnections between this halacha and all the underlying Torah thought concepts to illustrate that the Torah is one integrated way of thinking and one framework of perspectives and perceptions. It's basically the inner world of the Torah. what's called Torah's Hapnimios. And so that's what we explore in every episode in this series. And on Erev Shabbos, we specifically explore the halachos of Shabbos. And if you want more Torah like this, you want to get access to the actual framework in its totality instead of just learning it through the halachos this way, check out yesodblocks.com. Which is where we have all kinds of different series being developed and already shared up there on that platform. It's only $9.99 a month to subscribe to YoseholdBlox.com, and that subscription not only gives you access to all of that Torah, but also supports what we're doing. and allows us to share more and more and more of this Torah into the world, bringing more light and wholeness into the lives of our people and the general world. Additionally, on Amazon and on iTunes, you can find our recent album that was published called Tikkun Hayasod using this type of Torah to do battle with the dark side of the internet, the world of pornography, so check that out as well. Although, if you subscribe at yisoulbox.com, then you can actually get access to that album through the platform of the website directly, instead of purchasing it separately uh, on iTunes or on Amazon. So with that introduction, let's just start with uh, the the next halacha that we're talking about in the erev Shabbos series. The last the last episode we did focused on erev Shabbos halachos because we're kind of going in order through Hilchos Shabbos, and the erev Shabbos halacha that we explored last time was about traveling on erev Shabbos and the issue with. Um, potentially running into Shabbos as you are traveling, and that can so to sort of plan ahead and be proactive, making space and room for the Shabbos dynamic uh, on Erev Shabbos itself. And similarly, we have another halacha here that is a little bit similar, and this is really the rest of Simon Reish Mem Tes, uh, that is section 249. So um, it's the, the rest of the Simon really focuses on eating. And so let's just read Halacha Bet here, and that's gonna give us the, the, the gateway to the rest of the Simon. It says, You're not allowed to set up or to to, to plan to have on Friday uh, some kind of big meal or party. The kind that you wouldn't have on a regular day. So if you make a party on a on a Thursday, um, that's a special party. That's the same kind of party you should not be making on a Friday. even if it's an engagement party, you still shouldn't make it on Friday. And the reason for that is mipnei kavod hashabbos. It's it's in order in order to honor Shabbos. That Shabbos should have uh, have impact. It should be a special day. And so when you kind of have this party on erev Shabbos in some way that interferes with the impact of what Shabbos is. And in earlier episodes we discussed the idea of kavod Shabbos. Is that Shabbos is this special day that's supposed to leave a mark? It's supposed to have some kind of an impact on you. That the word "kavod" comes from the word "kaved." It's just something which, like, basically is it has a presence. It, it 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 leaves a mark on you. Just like when someone walks into a room and you have kavod for them, it means that when they walk in, they impact the room with their presence. And similarly, that's this idea of kavod Shabbos. And it says the, reason, the way that that works is, This way, if you don't make this party on Erev Shabbos, you can go into Shabbos, uh, and you have a strong hunger, a strong desire to eat. And it says, And the whole day is included... In this prohibition, and that's and and the next couple of halachas also go on to explain that there were even people who used to fast on erev Shabbos on purpose to augment uh, their hunger. And Mishnah Berurah kind of describes this a little bit and, and goes into detail. Um, and then there's discussions of whether one should fast or not. Um, but the idea is that we want to have this this erev Shabbos set up for Shabbos itself. And in the previous episode, we looked at in the previous halacha, we looked at the idea of. Of not being in the state of travel on erev Shabbos, such that you may might end up not being able to prepare for Shabbos or even traveling into Shabbos, and these are these are uh, similar halachos in terms of the preparation side of it. But here we're talking specifically about the stoking of desire for the eating on Shabbos, and that is the expression. Of kavod Chavez. and so the question, of course, we have to ask a little bit, in the the doorway into digging into the underpinnings of this halacha, and the on the kabbalah level, on the machshava level, on the on the deeper side, the Torah's apnimia side, is well, what's the big deal about the eating? I mean, the, the, obviously, we like anyone who's ever experienced Chavez, so knows that there's a lot of food-related activities, a lot of eating on Shabbos. We have three meals that we're supposed to eat on Shabbos, as we're going to see a little later in Hilchel Shabbos. And so we have these meals that we're supposed to be eating. So but the question is, like, why is that such a significant thing? That's actually that's synonymous here with kavod Shabbos. In other words, in order to create the impact of what Shabbos is, we're supposed to actually make sure that we are hungry going into Shabbos to create that proper kavod, that Shabbos should leave the impact that it is meant to leave. And even a little more deeply, it's sort of like asking, well, the whole idea of of eating in general. I mean, we have to eat in order to live, and we also enjoy eating. But why is that so significant? And what does that have to do with Kabo that What is the connection between that experience, which essentially a very important experience, but also very physical, very material experience? Uh, you might have thought Shabbos is a very spiritual day, a day that's all about the intangible side of existence. So what is the significance of this eating dynamic that we have to make sure that we are hungry uh, in order that we actually experience Kabo Shabbos fully? So in order to understand that, we have to go a little bit into uh, the depth of a particular principle that underlies not just all of the Torah, but all of existence. And so the Torah map of how existence came to be, the process of creation, we tend to think, and we discuss this a little bit in the in the uh, first episode of the Shava series, just in terms of um, how, like how creation worked and, and what happened during creation, but we have to now add a puzzle piece to that, which is there is a particular uh, phase of creation that we're going to use, the word that is used in Kabbalah writings is the word tzimtzum. And I just want to show you exactly what this word means and sort of how this works. So the, the 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 description of the process of creation is that initially, so Hashem was the totality of all existence. In other words, we're talking about um, this the ultimate qualitative intangible reality that is absolutely inaccessible to our minds, because our minds essentially function through one of two lenses, either um, through calculated thinking, which is what we call bina, or through experience. In other words, you can experience things directly even if they are uh, unable to be calculated. Like, let's say, the experience of love or the experience of another person. This is experiential knowledge called dat. So these are things that you can you can directly encounter that are qualitative, um, but you can't really describe them or put them into words. You can't describe another person's essence. So You can't describe... Uh, uh, the love that you have for somebody. You can say that you love someone, but you can't really describe it in words, and so you can't really use your your calculating mind in order to, to relate to that kind of thing. You can use the side of yourself, which is called the side of the daas, your experiential knowledge center, to relate to qualitative phenomena like love and like other people in terms of their essence. Um, and so that, that that second tool, the experiential knowledge tool, even that is not powerful enough to really access the, the true to- total depth of who Hashem is, or even who another person is, right? Like you can experience another person, but the, and you can even experience yourself inside of your own self. But to really know the totality of your own self, you know, you realize that you are some kind of mysterious thing that you you don't know most of what you are, and you are you are almost blocked off from knowing the totality of yourself. And that's that's the mystery of the neshama. We call the mystery of the soul is that there is this this underlying self that is. So you can think of the way the Torah maps it out is that it, it is gigantic. You're like this gigantic incandescent being that is like a, like a like a sun that is just you know contained and channeled through a body in very small incremental amounts. But the real you is like this nuclear explosion of self that is blocked off from the world and is slowly but surely coming to remember little bits and pieces of itself over time, little sparks of consciousness, and so. It's also true about Hashem that you can, or, or not just also true. That is primarily true about Hashem that Hashem's total self is locked away from from our access, and we do get little bits and pieces and sparks of Hashem's self, and that is really the process that we call growth uh, in life. But the 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 way that the that the Kabbalah describes how creation happened is that initially there was only Hashem. And that and, and the analogy for Hashem's presence in that context is the analogy of light. That there was just or ain't sof, which means there's just this endless light, this ocean of light that has no beginning and no end, which of course, you know, if you're if you're trying to to, to uh perceive, to not just proceed, to conceive of that in your mind, um, it's very difficult to conceive of something which is absolutely without end. I mean, there's no way to do that, right? Because you can't grasp something that is endless. And 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 you know, where where were we in that ocean? So the way that the, that the the Kabbalah writings, that Rizal essentially writes this, is that Hashem basically made this space inside of endlessness, inside of the endless light that is his 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 consciousness manifestation. He made a space inside of that, like a gap, where now his his light and his consciousness was. Pulled back, and that left room for otherness, for there to be something besides Hashem, sort of subsumed within Hashem's self. And so that space, that gap, where where there is now, in a certain way, not Hashem's consciousness, although Hashem kind of still even pervades that space in a certain way. But we could just say for now that Hashem, this kind of like this space where Hashem's consciousness, in a certain way, is not manifest. It's kind of it's it's uh, obscured to a certain degree in a certain kind of way. And so then within that context, that is where there's now room for there to be otherness. And so that is the word simtum. Tzim Tzimtzum means constriction, that Hashem basically was Mitzam himself. He basically pulled himself back in a certain way to make room for there to be the experience of otherness in this ocean of absolute uh, oneness and self that, that was only Hashem. And so that that, that, the, that dynamic, that, that pulling back to create that space, what it did was it left this residue inside of that space, so that the space remembers uh, that there is there there once was this presence that filled it, and then it yearns for that space to be filled again with Hashem's presence. To give an analogy, there's a very well-known um, Gemara which in, in the Talmud, which describes that when a baby is in the womb, so the baby knows all of the Torah, it's learning the entire Torah, there's an angel that's sitting there and teaching it the entire Torah, and it knows the totality of existence and being, and then at the end of the process of gestation, this angel touches the, the lip of the baby, and that's what leaves the little mark that we all have underneath our nose, and the, the baby forgets all of the Torah. Now, life, the process of life, is basically about trying to remember what it is that, that that it already knew. It's the process of discovery, right? We want to discover things. That means you are discovering them. You're trying to remove the cover in order to get access to that which was there before, and which is still there, it just covered up, so now you have a hard time seeing it. And so that's exactly the same thought construct, and in fact it's very much relating to the same phenomenon that I'm discussing now, which is that we are all imprinted with this residual knowledge of the totality that once was present here and the lack of, of otherness that, that once was. We all feel that. We f- feel this urge to connect to, to ourselves, to existence. It's like we're put in here as partial uh, uh fragments of Hashem's self, and that's exactly how the, how the Zohar describes it, that essentially Hashem basically filled that space with like these little partial sparks of consciousness that are now, because there's room for there to be otherness, there's room to move, there's room to search, there's room to, pro- to progress and to evolve. And so the the nature of this of this space is to essentially search for that wi- that which was once here. And to try to access that which we sense residually, to access that again, and to return to that state—that's actually the meaning of the concept of tshuva. It's to return to that state. We're constantly trying to return to a state of oneness with Hashem's Self. and so—and that, that's because we are we, we intuit that we are actually a part of that, and that we are simply a almost like a revealed expression of Hashem's oneness in a partial form that is now—that uh, now is looking for the rest of ourself, and so think about that carefully, well, what that means, that residue, that residual uh, sense of Hashem's presence that we feel, so that is the definition of hunger. In other words, to use the Maharal's language, that's what's called chisaron, the idea of something lacking. Before there was that space, there's nothing lacking. Everything is there, because there is no otherness, there is only totality. But then, once Hashem pulls himself back and leaves a residue like that, and then leaves parts of himself that are these partial fragments—again, to whatever parts means in the in the world of consciousness—but to say that we are a, a part of Hashem's consciousness that has lost touch with the rest of it, and that we sense the rest of it, we sense that we are missing something. So that's that. That is the idea of chisaron. Chisaron—something is lacking, something is missing—and before this created space existed, the whole idea of of, of chisaron didn't exist, just like the whole idea of otherness didn't exist. The idea of otherness inherently implies lack, because there's me over here and there's something else over there, and now there's empty space in between, which now there is lacking of something in that space. That space, the idea of emptiness, is what gives room for there to be a search. It's what gives room for there to be a hunger or a yearning, because there has to be uh, a room to go, or room to evolve, a room to progress towards something, because that's the idea of hunger in general. right? What does it mean to be hungry? The idea of hunger means that we sense that we're missing something and we are lacking in some way, and that we need to fill that void in order to become more whole. That's literally what we do when we eat, by the way. Our body is, is degrading, and we have to absorb new raw materials to replenish the the, 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 the parts of our body that are essentially are, are degraded. And so we sense that we are lacking something, and so we eat in order to replenish that and to become more whole. And that is the concept of, of chisaron, is what underlies the idea of hunger, but not just physical hunger, not just, eat, not just wanting to eat food, although the, the, the desire, and we're going to see the desire to eat food itself is actually far more profound than we even realize. But the, the total nature of human beings is that we, we are filled with what's called ratzon. Ratzon is, is translated as will. Ratzon means a wanting. We have many layers of wantings. We want. And you know, want what? Well, that kind of depends on what what perceptions you access on a, on a das tovara level. Because of the capacity that we have to distort our perceptions and actually see things the way that we prefer, as opposed to the way that they actually are, we can actually try to fill our our wantings with all kinds of pseudo satisfiers. Like maybe you're hungry for. I mean, we're hungry for the totality of existence. We want Hashem fully. We want the, re- the we want what, what we lost. And there's a lot of different um, ways to get access to that in small spark forms. Like you can get little hints of Hashem, little bits and pieces of Hashem's self uh, through different things in the world. But if you forget that you actually want Hashem and you start saying, you know what? Well, maybe I'll just eat like a uh, a lot of food and then I'll feel more full. You know, it's kind of like when you go to open the fridge, but there's nothing really that you really want in there. It's like you're looking for something. You don't really know what it is you're looking for. That's when you're looking for Hashem. And the thing is that Hashem is manifest as all of existence that is around us, and so what that means is that we have this ability, or this need, to constantly satisfy our own hunger. And and but the hunger here is 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 much more multi-layered, and there's a capacity for people to sort of get locked onto one thing in the world that we want, like food, and to just see it as if well that that'll make me feel better, and so we can even bounce around from thing to thing. I feel better about myself when I'm at my job. I feel better about myself when I'm eating food. I feel better about myself when I'm in a sexual situation. These are kind of ways that we move from hunger to hunger and try to feel like our lives are being filled with something that is that is significant. But the Torah maps it out differently. The Torah, the Torah says that that, and this is really where this this halacha of Shabbos comes comes to you know to the to the fore, uh, is that we actually want we want to experience everything that we want in the physical plane of existence. We want it to have the deeper layers of existence beyond it. So to give an example, when you eat a piece of food, you could eat it in, in, in really one of two two general ways. You could look at food as an item in the physical plane of existence, that you're gonna eat it now because the physical plane of your body needs to be replenished. But in fact, your body is actually the, the surface iceberg level superficial expression of a series of profoundly deep layers that goes all the way through, you know, the emotional side of your body, the physiological side, uh, the thoughts, the feelings, the perceptions, uh, all the totality that is your body goes all the way through. The way that the Kabbalah describes it is almost like there's a there's a gigantic entity of intangible self that is the Nishama that we mentioned earlier, and that is basically finally co- it comes to expression in this body. You know, it's like this little body, five foot, six foot tall body. That is in this giant world, and basically, like that, is just like uh, it's a it's a symbol or an expression of this gigantic nuclear totality that you are actually unaware of because you've forgotten the rest of yourself, as mentioned earlier, because of this whole process of tsim tsum. It blocks off access for you from the rest of yourself, and so what that totality that you are is, it actually wants not just a piece of food to replenish the fingernail externality the the shell that is the body that is just the edge of what you really are it wants a piece of food that actually the piece of food itself has that same parallel totality underneath it because every piece of food also has all of the hashem components that are un, that underlie it that allow it to manifest and exist in the world and you basically want to merge with that piece of food uh, on every level of your being, so you think of yourself as like this this rope that goes all the way from the infinity that is beyond all the way down into this world, and then and and then manifests as your body. The piece of food that you want to eat is the one that actually also is a piece of food that manifests in its superficial form in the world with a similar parallel rope going all the way up to infinity. So that way you can actually merge with it on your on on every level of your being, and that is the the uh, the process of trying to become more whole. In your totality, and so what I'm trying to say here is that what we are trying to do is we're trying to become more whole on every on every level of our being. Even though it's, the word level is not even the right word, because we're not there's no real levels. It's really just this one total spectrum of being that is the total you. So it's kind of like making sure you get all the right nutrients for your body. You know, it's like you need something to feed every part of yourself. Well, that's true, even on intangible levels that have to do with the consciousness Hashem dynamic that we're describing here, and so. That is the universe that you live in, the universe of Chisaron, and we're trying to constantly fill that. And so what what we do is, with this concept of Shabbos, is that we basically, as we described, we have this tendency to get very deeply absorbed into our creativity during the week, and that can start to draw our consciousness more and more into lower spaces, meaning spaces that are more inside the world, and away from the total awareness of everything else about who we are and so we stop for one day in order to pull ourselves back from our creativity on a das level again that we have this tendency to build perceptions as a function of habit and preference here we need to kind of pull back our perception of ourselves uh, and actually look at ourselves more as a totality of who we really are and that's what we spend that, that that this seventh day is this is the day that we stop in order to basically pull ourselves back from our immersion in all these different uh, expressions into the in the world all our creativity all our projects all our activities and so on that day, what we're trying to do is we're trying to live regular life, meaning the same life that we live during the week, eating, sleeping, physical intimacy, like all the things that we do on a, on a regular during a regular week. But now we're trying to do it with an access headspace. Of the totality of being that is above and beyond in all the different layers that are there, we're trying to pull our consciousness to be inclusive of the totality of ourselves, and so that's why we're saying in this halacha that you're supposed to, you're like that. That is the impact of Shabbos. The impact of the day is this is a day that's supposed to leave a mark on me in terms of the rehabituation or the reaccessing of the totality of who I am, and so we're now going to use our chisaron tendencies, our 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 desire for wholeness, our desire our hunger for more, our hunger for consumption of existence such that it will return, it will it will fill us with that which we have lost. Well, this is a day where we're doing that just like we do during the week. We eat during the week also. We try to satisfy our hungers. We try to fill our, our the voids that are within us during the week too. But we don't do it as, as effectively because the week slowly draws us into a more and more superficial consciousness space. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to eat on Shabbos with, Access consciousness, access consciousness, awareness of the totality of our own being and the being of existence around us, which really is Hashem's self that is animating and is manifest as all things around us. So that way, when we eat now, it's more satisfying. It's what's called as a neshama There's like this extra access to consciousness that we can that we can uh, achieve here uh, because we are we are pulling back from our creative activities to try to re. Uh, re-attain the wholeness of the totality of ourselves, and then we also try to perceive that in the things around us, in the food that we eat. So just as another example, there's also a halacha that you're supposed to have sexual intimacy on Shabbos as well, for exactly the same reason, because sexual intimacy is essentially a, a hunger that exists, it's a yearning, for, for a greater totality. It's, we sense that we are not whole within ourselves and we want to become unified with another self and our sexual partner is the other self that we unify with to experience that. During the week, that's a, that, that can also be a very special thing, but the day of Shabbos is the covenant of Shabbos, the impact of the day, is that it revolves around this idea of oneness that we're basically trying to pull back from the, the creative activities of the of the diverse world of, of Chisaron and basically re-access Hashem in the totality of who we are in a more full way. And so we we, we essentially are getting, we're, we're sustaining our hunger for, for for wholeness on every level. We're trying to get the deeper side, the side of Hashem that we're missing, the side of Hashem that we can sense in the food around us, the side of Hashem that we can sense in our significant other, and to try to merge and unite with all of them and achieve um, what, achieve real oneness, and that's really what a lot of the Shabbos philos are about, Uh, to kind of retain, uh, reattain this unification, this process of kind of like, um, of becoming more whole on all levels of our being. So that's really what this day is, that's what Kavod Shabbos is about. The impact of Shabbos is basically the access to the totality that we generally, generally lose because we are immersed in our creativity, and even our eating is a part of that, not just even, our eating is a very significant part because our eating itself reflects our yearning to consume more of existence, to become more whole and to return to our initial state of wholeness and when you eat without having access to that totality inside of yourself and inside of the food that you're eating, then it just becomes eating that is much more shallow and in many ways it's cut off from the depth of Hashem self that is underneath in terms of your own uh, gaining the energy that is embedded in the food, the totality of the food that you really need to consume. But on Shabbos, you really have a higher propensity for that awareness and you're trying to access it more and more intentionally and that is exactly how this halacha expresses that and why we try to make sure that on Erev Shabbos we don't eat too much and that we have a very strong hunger going into Shabbos because that hunger is a reflection of our hunger for all layers of being that are the totality of the wholeness that we have lost in the symptom and that really characterizes our whole journey in this world to become more and more whole again to achieve chuva to return to our state of wholeness so that that explains I think that halacha, there's a lot more to say, obviously, but hopefully you can take the things I've shared here and build them out for yourself into a, uh, your own understanding even more deeply than what I articulated. Hope you enjoyed that. Thanks again so much for jo- for tuning in and for listening. And again, check out our other content on yesodblocks.com, on iTunes and Amazon, and support what we do so we can spread more and more Torah like this every week and every day and for many years to come. Have a great Shabbos.